And for those of you who are watching with us and following along online, we want so much for you to be part of this time with us, this baptism renewal. And so um, we know you don't have these stones, but I have heard from people in the church this morning that um, you have some from years past. So uh, you are always welcome to grab one of those or fill up a cup of water or something that will remind you of that gift of water, because we certainly want you to be part of this. Uh, Even as you are there and we are here, our hearts are joined together as one. So let me ask you a question. Are you ready for a question this morning? We're kind of quiet, and that's okay, but except for the dropping of our stones, right, by the way, which is perfectly fine. No worries at all. So I, as I, or I asked you to hold them in your hands, so I was asking for it, no doubt about it. No worries. So uh, let me ask you this question. What do we hate to hear? from our parents or our grandparents or our mentors or even our teachers. What is it? There's just this little phrase. Well, there's plenty of things we don't want to hear. We certainly can acknowledge that. But there's this little phrase that, oh, we just none of us want to hear. What is it? Anybody? I think I may have heard. Did someone say no? (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) I did hear someone, I think, over here say it. I'm disappointed in you. Oh, we don't ever want to hear that. That is just the worst. I'm disappointed in you. But in 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 another twist, or the opposite of that, what are we so happy to hear? I'm proud of you. I am pleased with you. So the scripture this morning we refer to is the baptism of the Lord. And we hear those words, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Oh, Beautiful words, beautiful words. This scripture starts off explaining to us the desperation that the people felt during this time for a Messiah. It says this, as the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning their hearts concerning John, they wondered, was he the Messiah? Was it John? They were desperate for the Messiah. Certainly, John put aside those fears and explained there would be one who was more powerful than him. He explained it in John language, as we all know. You may remember us talking about this just recently. We know John, uh, certainly from his strong language, and him referring to folks as the brood of vipers. Remember that? You brood of vipers. (laughs) And he even explains this in his wonderful way. Uh, He explains Jesus, explaining his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, to gather wheat from the granary. 
The chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And that sounds like a John description. No doubt about it. (laughs) The people were longing for a Messiah because they lived in an imperfect world. They were desperate. And we too live in an imperfect world. I don't believe that should surprise you this morning. But we do have a Messiah. We've just celebrated the birth of the Messiah at Christmas. And we waited with such great anticipation through the season of Advent. And then Christmas came and we've celebrated already the Messiah. But I still believe that we are desperate to have an encounter with the Messiah, to have some sort of a connection with the Messiah. Because just as the people in this text, we are longing for hope. And they were longing for the Messiah because they were longing for hope. And that's what the Messiah brings, not just to them, but to us. And so the scripture moves on, and we hear of the blessing of Christ and this beautiful, hopeful moment that occurs. Interestingly enough, this is only one of three gospel scriptures where God's voice is heard audibly. When there are moments like this in the scriptures, it always makes me pause. I feel like it should get my attention when it's that unique, and it should get your attention as well. Those three different instances, of course, Jesus's baptism, the transfiguration, and before his crucifixion. And so in this text, after Jesus is baptized, and the scripture said, and he was praying, Jesus was baptized in his response, he was praying, the heavens opened. The heavens opened, and a dove descended, and the voice of God is heard. Can you imagine the crowd's response? We really don't hear much about the crowd's response, but can you imagine that? And can you imagine John's response? Wow, (laughs) that's a baptism. That's not happened before. Wow. And can you imagine the response of Jesus? What comes next in the life of Jesus after this? Public ministry. Yes, he goes out to serve. And your response? What is your response? To hear that blessing. You see, we too receive the blessing of God 
through the gift of baptism. Baptism defines who and whose we are. Who and whose we are. We are reminded through baptism that we are claimed by God as a follower of Jesus. We belong to the family of God. Now, some of you may remember your baptisms. Who remembers your baptism? Yeah, I do. I think I was maybe five or six or so. My sisters and I were all baptized at the same time. And I, th I think it was about that age, five or six. And that, of course, who doesn't remember their baptism? There's plenty of you as well, absolutely. Yeah. I noticed that that's pretty common amongst United Methodists. We practice what we refer to as infant baptism. And so a guardian or parent or grandparent makes that commitment for us. And they help us start along our faith journey with that beautiful gift of baptism. And then maybe somewhere along the way, you were confirmed. And when we hear the word confirmation, it actually refers to the confirmation of our baptism. So we have that moment when we're a little bit older, when you're confirmed, when you can claim that name Christian for yourself. In the United Methodist Church, we don't believe in rebaptizing. So you won't see us baptize someone and then baptize them again because they've had an amazing spiritual experience. So we certainly appreciate those moments. But we do have moments like today where we can renew our baptism, where we take a moment to focus on what baptism is, what it means to us, and we receive that gift of renewal. And so that is what today is all about. And so it's okay if you don't remember your baptism. It's okay if you do remember your baptism. Oh, I may end up with that one. It might come all the way down here. <laughs> but, but either way, that's perfectly fine. And if you have not been baptized, that's okay too. You know what? Talk to me after the service or shoot me an email and let's talk more about that. I would love, love, love to baptize you. So please know that there's that option as well. Here is the question that I want you to ponder as we get ready to move into that time together. What is your response to the blessing? And I mean the blessing of baptism. I'm going to give you some suggestions, but these are just ideas. You'll have your own response, of course. Our response to this blessing may be relief, relief. It may be peace. It may be hope. It may be a sense of call. Says Jesus began his ministry after his baptism. It may be a sense of forgiveness of you being forgiven 
or you forgiving another. Possibly a sense of belonging. It is my prayer that you have the sense, just as Jesus heard the words, that you have the sense that you are so, so beloved. You will receive the blessing that God has for you. You are my beloved child. In you, I am well pleased. Amen. Amen.